Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenashe. I am a coach, catalyst, and conduit who launches humanity into greatness by accelerating mindset changes and replacing limitations with possibilities. So today we're going to be talking about criteria or in, in other words, standards. Like what are the standards you have for your life and why do you have those standards? And how are those standards affecting your life? Are you actually living up to your standards or are you below your standards? Do you need to change your standards? And just, just how important they are and how they can really guide us into the life of our dreams, fulfilling our purpose. And I have with me um, Jeff Beasley of BioBoBees. So hey, say hi to the people. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? And I met him, um, I do a lot of networking. I go to a lot of uh, farmers markets and vendors markets, and I always buy stuff. Um, but I'm always out there to try to connect with local vendors because we should buy local. You know, especially black businesses, we should support our black businesses. So I met him a few weeks ago at the Rayford Market. So if you've never been to the Rayford Market, when do they normally have the Rayford Market? On first and third Sundays. First and Thursday. And what's the hours? 11 to 4. So you can probably catch him there most of those first and third Sundays. And you see he's got quite an array of things that he's going to tell us about uh, later. Um, and so we're going to start off kind of just talking about this idea of criteria and standards. And, you know, um, I do guided journals. And one of the things that uh, I covered earlier, you know, last year, earlier this year, was being aware of yourself, being aware of your standards, and also addressing the inconsistencies that you have in your life. So um, going back to episode 12, which I'm going to hold this up so my cameraman can kind of zoom in on it, um, this whole page is about addressing inconsistencies. The page before that was about affirmations. So, you know, when we sit down and we decide what we want to live our life based on, um, that has a lot to do with our values and our goals. And then we have to set standards that match those values and goals. I remember hearing Tony Robbins say, you don't get what you want. You get what you have to have. And that's your standards. Your standards determine what you have to have. Like some people, their standard is, hey, I'm, I'm okay with riding a bus. Somebody else's standard is, nah, that's not good enough for me. I'm gonna have to get some money together to get a car. You know, so that person on the bus may want a car, but if it's not their standard to have a car, they may not make it happen. They may just have some wishful thinking going on. So what do you think? You know, why did you pick the topic of criteria? What, what made that stand out to you? Well, criteria for me goes back to my family. Uh, our business is about family. When we talk later, I'll get more in depth into it. So I was in the oil field for like 20 years and oil and gas is about geology, which is the study of time and pressure. And I have a quote that I always say, which is characters formed by pressure and shape with friction. And so my father, my grandfather, my uncles, my aunts always instilled in us standards, not just to uphold the family name, but to uphold yourself. And I pray every day I can pass it on, not only my family members, other people, just when someone see you do something, you put your mark, they know that's your standard, they know when they see my name or see our products, they know to expect this every time and become consistent with your standard. But at the same time, don't get so comfortable that you cannot upgrade or adjust your standards because with time, things change. 
So you have to do upgrades and adjustments. I, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> I remember when I was young, my dad would say, uh, you carry my name. <laughs> and when you leave this house, you're representing me. You're not just out there on your own. So be aware of that and be aware that, you know, we have certain standards. You know, I couldn't go out the house dressed any kind of way. You know, I couldn't bring home any kind of grades. You know, my daddy expected B's and A's, mostly A's. <laughs> and uh, if I slip below that, there were some consequences and repercussions, yes, as was. people would say. Yes, you know, so different standard or even, you know, keeping your room clean or doing your chores before you uh, do things that you want to do playing, you know, or, you know, all kind of, we, we sometimes think that some of the younger people aren't being raised with standards, you know, like we had, you know, you're going to be inside before the street light comes <laughs> on, <laughs> you know, some standards that. of behavior, you know, or, uh, you know, when the grown folks got together, the kids had their own little kid table, you know, mm -hmm. because kids were not supposed to be in grown folks business, you know, so, um, or even saying yes, ma'am. And yes, sir. You know, just different, different things that we were raised with. So I think that a lot of that does tie into the level that you have for yourself, um, where you expect to, to be in life, how you expect to be treated, how you expect to treat others. So it, it definitely has a, it, as you said, you leave a mark because now the people with standards high standards, I put it like that. And the people with low standards, you can kind of tell the difference. And we all generally want to associate with people that have high standards for themselves and, and for their products. You know, so, so you mentioned family um, and that this was a family business. So what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, my, my wife and I, we both started this business together, but we also have our, my son, our nieces and nephews that also work with us and for us. My grandson is our mascot. Oh, okay. uh, every name of our product ties back to a family member. So oh. in the different names of different family members, you know, maybe a father, a brother, aunt, someone. And I'll talk about that a little later. So that's what it really means to me. Um, when I said adjust standards, you know, a lot of things is core, like that you said earlier, I still believe in. But now it's 2021. And some of us are still in the same place. And why? Have we really looked back at our standards? Do we need to change them for this generation to become successful? And I think that's what we need to look at a lot of times. We've so dead set that we don't change. This is it. But realize things change. Excuse me. Things change. So we need to look at, do we need to adjust this? You know, I got comfortable in my old job. Mm. The pandemic happened. And so it made me uncomfortable. And I need to be uncomfortable sometime to get back on that grind. And take those standards I know and apply to the new grind I have now, you know. So, I was, I was lucky and blessed enough to do twenty years straight in oil and gas without ever getting laid off. That's kind of unheard of in our industry. You usually get laid off every two or three years and come back. But I was blessed to do twenty years straight, so it's a blessing. But I've taken those standards I've learned uh, in the oil field, and I put that into our business, uh, our family business. So. Right now in our business, we're at that state of, okay, now we're getting our family incorporated. What's next for us? And so uh, it's it's a challenge, but I love it. Uh, the thing about criteria is it's a now. Hmm. And, I, and I tell people all the time, 
we need some action. We need verbs. So it's great to have nouns, but we need some action verbs. We need to be have some action. Talk is great, but we need to have action. You know, we can't. We need to have kinetic energy, not just potential. I and, like that. In science, energy. I'm, I'm an engineer, <laughs> so in science, potential energy is energy at rest. The rock has a lot of energy just sitting there, but when it starts moving downhill and mm. become kinetic, oh, now it's it. The number exponentially grows on how much energy that rock has. So a penny dropped from 30,000 feet can kill somebody. Wow. <laughs> well, that's saying something. Yeah, so and <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I, I agree with you on that. You know, um, we, I always say that we all start off as a seed. Mm-hmm. And that seed has so much potential energy, as you put. Um, and... It has to grow. It has to reach down its roots into the ground and pull up nutrients and stretch towards the sun and, you know, bend and, and, and strive, you know, to become what it can be. But a tree will keep growing as long as it has the nutrients it needs. But people sometimes stop. Stop. They don't grow to their full potential. And, you know, one of the goals that I had for my podcast was to constantly be putting out uh, information and content that was always pushing people to see where they are, recognize where they are, give themselves credit for what they have accomplished, but push forward to bigger and better things. Because we we can get stagnant. We can get uh, complacent and comfortable. Yes. And sometimes the universe comes along and shakes us up and sometimes little messages come to us and say, hey, you know, you can really do more than this. You really need to raise your standard. Um, and and I, I know in my own life that there have been times when I've been challenged to raise my standard, when people have said, you know, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. And I thought about it. And sometimes I wasn't ready to take that jump. But when people are dropping those little nuggets in your spirit, sometimes, you know, you have to grow yes, you in do. your perception of yourself and you have to challenge yourself to step out of your comfort zone. Cause you were talking about being comfortable. Well, sometimes your standards require you to upgrade, you yes. know, and, and as you say, evolve, you know, we are living in new times and, and business. I know pretty much everybody who started in business before quarantine had to do something different to stay in business. Very few people could stay in business and do things exactly the same. They had to change their standards on a lot of things. They may have had to cut costs. They may have had to become creative. They may have, have had to go into partnerships with people, you know, start e-commerce more, uh, work on their social media platforms, you know, even completely start a new side of their business mm-hmm. that they hadn't even delved into before, you know, and, um, creating their their standards and their criteria for how they're going to do that and be successful with it. You know, it takes a lot of wisdom, takes a lot of of research. Yes, it does. And and then takes as you said action verbs cuz you cannot sit there. You could do all the research in the world and have a binder full of information or, you know, spreadsheets, you know, to the sky and then do nothing with it. So it's all about putting it into action. So how did you see yourself going from, in a sense, that potential energy to that kinetic energy, getting in motion to put your standards and your criteria in motion? Well, my wife told me, you've been 
preparing this stuff for years. So let's 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 start selling it. And the, the great thing is, she also was she's still in oil and gas, and logistics strategy is something we did every day. Uh, I was challenged, you know. Um, some people know what an oil rig is, so they'll come in and say, well, "Jeff, we need you to move this oil rig in three days, and be back up and running." So that means tear everything down, put it on flatbed trucks, drive 30, 40 miles, put it all back together and be back to work within three days or five days. And so that takes me sitting down, planning, communicating. That was just really always key. Communicating with other people, different races, different languages, and getting the job done. And I've repeatedly done this. You know, this was every day in the oil and gas industry. That's, that's how we move. We, we, we're not the Army. We don't do more things before 6 a.m., but we do a lot in 24 hours. Um, I'm blessed, and then my one of my biggest standards or my biggest imp- inspirations is the matriarch of our family, which is my mother. She's 84 years old. She still drives where she wants. That means she can drive three, 400 miles by herself, come see me from Louisiana. She has a ledger or ledgers of every bill her and my father has ever paid. She accounts for everything just like she did 40 years ago. I can call and ask her something. Her memory just as sharp as it was when I was a little kid. And I just like, man, if I just get half her age and still be able to do those things, it's a blessing. And so, and my father, uh, he passed away, but he was the same way too. Always energetic, always trying to do more, do something, and be active. So staying active is, is you know, part of life. You know, we, we sit around and, we talk about standards, like you just said. We talk about what we can do, but what are we doing? You know, we went to the polls last year, which was great. <laughs> but we're gonna go to the polls this year. You know, we got a lot of bills that affect us, a lot of different grants coming out that affect us. So where we're we gonna be at this year? You know, it just doesn't stop with just last year. This is an ongoing cycle. The census came out. Grants gonna be awarded if you did the census. If you did do the census. Uh, some states going to lose congressional districts, some going to gain, and some are just gaining because some didn't go do the census, a little small thing. So um, my criteria is pretty high. My standards are pretty high. Um, we put into our products, you know, uh, put into everything we do. People say all the time, you know, man, you got everything marked up, the shirt, the shoes, the socks, you know, green everywhere. Green is my favorite color. So I put in everything we do. <laughs> My mother's favorite color was green, you know, and, and green actually symbolizes abundance and, and growth. So it's a it's a great color to uh, to use and to have on everything. So, um, you know, I like how you were talking about voting and being involved politically, being involved in the community. You know, we we have a lot of standards, sometimes personal standards, but sometimes people don't have any standards when it comes to uh outside the four walls of their home. Mm-hmm. They don't think about being involved in, in the community or being involved politically or being involved, you know, socially um, and and what influence they can have. Some, some people feel we don't have any influence, but locally we have a tremendous amount of influence. Mm-hmm. And so voting is important. And, and talking about going back to family, I remember, um, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. 
they were all involved in the civil rights movement. Um, I went to my first protest, I think I was 13. Um, I was at my first protest on the Capitol, at the Capitol in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, they were part of the Freedom Riders. They were at, what was it? I think it was one of the, the massacres in Louisiana. I can't remember what, um, what university it was. In fact, my great uncle, who's now passed, is actually um, in the law books because Thurgood Marshall argued his case. It was Garner versus Louisiana. It was the, the case that actually desegregated lunch counters in Louisiana. So Garner is actually my my grandfather's name and also my great uncle's last name. So, um, you know, I was raised with the standard of your education, your uh, political power was paid for with sweat and blood and risk. And you need to be involved. Um, you need to vote. You need to be aware of what's going on. You need to be doing something in the community, uh, whether that's through church or civic groups or through, you know, community organizations. So, you know, I, I'm the next podcast that's coming up is actually called Activism. <laughs> And I'm going to have a, a nonprofit on here and I'm going to have a social justice advocate on here. And so, you know, when people, people are kind of surprised, I'm a poet and they're like, I didn't know you were into all these things. Well, I was raised with certain standards and that standard was if you have a voice, if you have a platform, you should be using it, not just for yourself, but to further the community's efforts at equality, at uh, respect, at you know, opportunity, trying to get opportunity, trying to get doors open for people. And so that's something that I was raised to, to believe and it's something that I saw. You know, my grandparents, um, they used to bring in, you know, the people who were coming from other places, they would come and stay at their house. And my grandmother and grandfather would sit on the porch with their shotguns to make sure that the Klan didn't come and steal any of the people that were staying in their house. I mean, that's some dedication, you know, to literally give up your night of sleep so that you can take, take yeah, take care of someone and you're, you're putting your innocence life on the line to further the, the whole message of equality and everything. So, so yeah, potential energy versus kinetic energy, <laughs> you know, action versus words. Because it's nice to say, oh, I support freedom for everybody. I support equality. I support voting. It's a whole big difference to be, you know, sitting on the porch with a shotgun ready to defend the people who come under your roof. You know, it's a different, different thing. So, um, but family legacy, I think, is really important, too, knowing where you came from knowing the sacrifices that were made for you and, and embedding that kind of standard into your life, you know? So I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I love the story that you were telling about your mom and how she's so independent, you know, mm -hmm. even at her advanced age. And, and that could have a lot to do with her standards. You know, we don't have to have the standard that as we get old, we just get decrepit and, um, you know, invalid. Um, but we could have that standard that we're going to be very full of life and vitality as we get old. So, so. My, my father, to ensure his children would have a bright future, 
he took us at all us at 17, he took us all on the same field trip, my older brothers, my sister. And that was a trip to Angola State Penitentiary. Hmm. He said, I'm taking you somewhere so you know where not to go. Hmm. And for someone who don't know about Angola State Penitentiary, it's the, it's the second worst prison in America hmm. and has been for over 20 years. Hmm. It's one of the largest, and it's it's pretty rough. So he takes he takes me there. I'm the baby. I go last. My brother's already been. My sister's already been. So I go, and I look, and I, right off the bat, I said, Dad, I can't be here. It's not for me. You don't know where I'm ever coming here. I will make sure I do all I can to never come to this place. And because it, it was just, just the, back in those days, it's better now. It was really rough. And so that was our field trip for high school. He took us, uh, every one of his kids, to Angola State Penitentiary to make sure we didn't end up there. And I hope that our youth, black youth, you know, they can understand. That's not, that's not what we need to be. We need to be in classrooms, be out there, activism, somewhere like that, but not in that place. That's not a place for us. Um, I was blessed to go to the African American Museum in D.C. a couple of years ago, and I learned so much. You know, I did not know that Portugal, one of the smallest European countries, transported the most slaves to, mm. Amer- to the Americas. I didn't know that either. Yeah, they brought over 12 million slaves to mm. Americas. They was one of the biggest shipping companies of Africans to this, this to the New World. They're the ones who brought them over. And I was like, how does the smallest, one of the smallest countries in Europe bring the most people over? And then while I was in D.C., there's a lot of museums to visit. We wouldn't visit the Bible Museum. And they had an expose on the Negro Bible. The Negro Bible was one-third the size of the regular Bible. They took out anything that had to do with the uh, not slavery. They left only left in the verses that dealt with slavery and took everything else out. Mm-hmm. And it was something just to see that, you know, just the, just, just, just something, just kind of like, wow. But uh, I hope everyone will get a chance to one day go see the African-American Museum in D.C. You, it's going to take several trips. It's so huge and so much information in it, but you will learn a whole lot. I really did learn a lot when I went and actually adjusted my standards, you know, so I can go harder and, and be a more better example for my family and my people. So, Well, I think that knowledge definitely <laughs> makes you go harder, as you said, because, you know, um, when I created my guided journals, one of the things that I wanted people to do was to look back into the past at ancestors. Um, I believe that we are not where we are because of just the present that, you know, we stand on the shoulders of greatness. And so when we look back and we look at people who are, um, or who have accomplished in different areas and we see what their standards were, what their, what their belief system was, what their, what their affirmations were, you know, what their patterns of living were, you know, did they get up at a certain time? Did they have certain rituals that they did that helped them be successful? You know, I think that we can learn a lot from that. And so every page that I have in my guided journal has a place for you to put, you know, an ancestor and, and what, you know, take notes on that person, you know, what could you learn from them? And even a contemporary, someone who's still alive today, because as you said, things change. So, you know, we can learn from the past, but we can also learn from the present. And, um, you know, when I look back at people who were in the 1800s and still successful in the early 1900s before there was civil rights and still successful. And I look at their standards, you know, um, Langston Hughes is one of my 
I guess you could say my, my idols, heroes, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I teach his poetry sometimes. And, and when you're reading a poem, you know, like I too sing America, I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes, but I laugh. Oh my gosh. His standard was, you cannot make me feel inferior. You cannot make me feel less than, you know, I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow I'll be at the table when company comes. No one will dare say to me, go eat in the kitchen then because they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. Man, you know, he had to go live in Mexico for a while after he published some of his poems because <laughs> they yes. wanted to kill him. Yes. But to say to America, I am your brother. And you should be ashamed. And one day you won't dare tell me where I should go. To have that vision, to have that standard that I am equal when everyone in the world is telling you you're not and you're less than and you should hang your head and you shouldn't look a white person in the eye to say, I am your brother and whatever you do to me, I laugh and I eat well and I grow strong. I'm using your insults for fuel. I'm using your ridicule for fuel. I'm using your shutting me down and shutting me out for fuel. You can't break me. You can't bring me down. I mean, to have that kind of standard, you know, I read those, those poems. I read those essays and letters and all the different things that people left behind. And I'm like, okay, I need to adopt some of that <laughs> as my <laughs> standard, <laughs> you know, cause you know, if we allow uh, America, racism, things like that to get under our skin. There can be people walking around with inferiority complexes, even in 2021. But if he could be in 1925 and say, oh, no, 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 not for me. This is not for me, you know. And and I remember watching uh, The Great Debaters Yes, when Denzel good. jumped up on the top of the, of the table and was was saying that poem. And even when he was uh, talking to his debaters and he was saying, you know, the whole Willie Lynch letter. Now, whether that's a real letter or a fake letter, I don't care. But the point is, <laughs> there was a systematic um, method that was used to divide and conquer, to yes. put the light skin against the dark skin to put the house Negro against the field Negro and, and to say the standard is let's be as close to white. And if you're not that you're not anything, you know, um, I remember colorism, you know, when I was, I, my family is from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I think you Great mentioned thing. that. Great thing. So I remember my father was very dark. Wesley Snipes Stark. My mother was so light that she could pass. Hmm. She could pass not only the paper bag test, she could pass, pass, pass. <laughs> and I remember uh, the controversy of me coming out this color. Yes. And I can't pass the paper bag test and I've ruined the family line because I'm too dark. You know, and I'm, I'm what people most would say I'm caramel. Yes. You know, I'm caramel, but caramel's too dark, you know, in, in Baton Rouge and New Roads and in, in New Orleans, too dark, you know. Yeah. And I remember uh, 
growing up and having that as something that was in the back of my head um, and, and having to get past that and be like, you know what, I'm brown, I'm caramel, I'm still beautiful. It doesn't matter that their standard may be that, you know, and, and, and after a while they got used to me. <laughs> It took a while, but eventually they got used to me. I wasn't the only brown little thing that came out. My cousin ended up even darker than me, you know, so, but, um, you know, we, we still have that in some of our circles, these, these standards that are, you know, we talk about criteria as being a, a boost, but sometimes standards are, are a noose, noose. you and know, those are just physical standards. And unfortunately, Today that still exists. Mm. Um, there were two books written. One was called Cane River, and one mm. was called Red River. I don't know if you heard the books before or not. I've heard of Cane River. And this is it's a tale or it's an actual story about this family that was separated by skin tone. On one side of the river, the darker side lived, and on the other side, the lighter side of the family lived, and they did not communicate with each other. Mm. And to this day, it's still like that. Wow. Fam- those families still exist to this day. I'm relatives of some of them. I'm one of the darkest people in my family mm. because my great great grandfather was Creole, Indian, Irish, and black. And so half of his children came out white, and the other half came out black. And my grandmother, white siblings did not communicate with her and her other darker siblings. Mm. And we lost contact over a number of years. Uh, I think it's been over 25 years since I've talked to those that came out lighter than my grandmother. So it it still exists. Not a great criteria to have. No, 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 (laughs) no. It's definitely not not a great criteria to have. Um, I guess one of my criteria is just my family name. Being in the oil and gas, I was always placed in environments where I knew that the nearest African American is going to be 200, 300 miles away. Hmm. And more than likely where I'm at, these people have never saw a black person live in person before, only on TV. And that still exists today in this country. There are places you can travel to in this country where they've never seen a black person in person. And Mm -hmm. so when I get there, they always have, you know, they have criteria to judge me on. They are apprehensive to work with me. Then after about a week or two, we work together great. And and the guy, one guy has actually said, man, you know that I'm racist. And you know that I too much don't care for your kind. How do you work with me? I said, we have similar goals to take care of our family. If we keep that at the forefront of our standards, all the other stuff, just let it go. When you get in your car, you go to your house. When I get in my car, I go to my house. As long as we're here, let's have each other's back. And me and this guy worked together for over 10 years. And people ask me all the time, how do you work with that guy? He's so racist. I said, we got a common goal. We get our work done, then we go home. So we get a lot of work done because we're not talking about that other stuff all the time. We didn't discuss no politics, no racial stuff, all work. And we worked together for a long time. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, I know. It's a very simple, it, you know... Keep um, it simple. I, yeah, keep it simple. Keep I wasn't there simple. to try to change him. I wasn't trying mm-hmm. to change him. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to work and take care of my family and move on. <laughs> well, that's... I commend you for that because I, I can, you know, I'm pretty easy going. My nickname is Zen, so I'm pretty easy going, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I've never been in that situation, so I don't know. You know, but it, I, I do, um, I'm glad 
that we are living in a woke generation to a certain extent. I think that sometimes some of it goes overboard. Yes. But I am glad that people are trying to uncover the the abuse of standards and the systematic racism that has been here and that they're trying to undo some of those things. And again, I say some things go overboard, but um, sometimes when you have a pendulum that swings, it swings too far and then it has to come back to center. And I'm hoping that that's where we are right now, where we're going to end up coming back to the center where we can get along and have equal criteria, you know, that everyone can be um, judged on if we have to judge each other on anything that we can live under the same kind of standards, you know? So, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm looking for evolution. I'm looking for personal evolution and societal evolution. And, and some of our standards do have to change, you know, some of our standards of how we treat each other have to change and, and uh, what we expect from ourselves and, and your method work with that, with that particular gentleman. So I, so I commend you on that one. Oh, it's just uh, him. It's, it's a yeah. lot. It, it's a lot. Uh, I progressed through the oil and gas and I made it up to what's called, I guess, a rig manager. So now I go from working with someone of this to being in charge of him, being his supervisor mm. and not just him, all his buddies. Mm. And, uh, and so I could easily been disappeared off this world, but I'm blessed to be here. But yeah, I was, uh, my last assignment was in West Virginia, mm. you know, coal mining country, uh, a lot of oil and gas in that area. And I could say, uh, work with guys and they would request to work with me when I, when they would change me out with someone else, and another person come in. I said, "Nah, bring old bees back. We don't. We work better with him than we work with you." Mm. The guy like, "Man, they want you back out there." I said, "Well, hey, I go back out." <laughs> well, that's a great. That's yeah. that's a great testimony when <laughs> your work speaks for you, when your attitude speaks for you, when you're able to get along with um, uh, any kind of person, you know. So that's that's great. So, how did you transition from oil and gas to? Um, what you're doing now? Are you doing this full time, or is this still this is like full a, time? Um, okay, for me now, I transitioned. I uh, started out with one sauce and one rub. Some uh, my pa ran or my godfather taught me how to make the barbecue sauce when I was about five years old. So I, I cooked for therapy when I was on the rig. I would cook for all the guys and feed them. It was just therapy for me. Uh, so I listen, but also I listen to people. And my wife and I, we would always ask someone, what you think of our product? And we have did a whole change, I want to say maybe three times since we started. All of our season in the beginning came in bags. We switched to bottles by request of our customers. Said we were going to have a bottle, a shaker. Uh, we switched in sizes of the sauce. They said it's too big. We want a smaller size. We can utilize it more. And so then we said, well, how can we make it better? We color-coded our products. And to us, the transition was pretty easy. You know, um, the challenge now is to, we open back up from this pandemic. It's getting a little more challenging to actually, I was actually <laughs> during the pandemic. I was more busy than I was now. Mm. Now is the, the market is starting to get more and more people into it. So it's getting a little more challenging to stay relevant and to still be on top of things. Um, 
we incorporate, I said earlier, our family names into every product. Uh, <laughs> I give you a quick story. So my name is Jeff or Jeffrey. My father is Sam. My grandfather is Jeff. His grandfather was Sam. And his grandfather was Jeff. That Jeff had 52 kids. Oh, my goodness. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff, my great great grandfather had two kids, and out of Jeff came Sam, and out of Sam came my grandfather Jeff. That Jeff had six girls and one boy. Every girl named one of their children Jeff. So I got six first cousins named Jeff. You guys <laughs> really like the name Jeff. <laughs> so my dad Sam, my brother Sam Jr., my nephew is Sam the third. He had one son Sam the fourth, and another son Sam Jeff. Okay. My great-grandmother was Alice Pearl. My grandmother was Pearl. My mother is Natty Pearl. My first cousin is Willie Pearl. My niece is Jennifer Pearlene. So, <laughs> a lot of family names and that stuff. So, um, the lemon pepper is my son, JV, or Javion. Um, the tots, my nephew. Uh, Rhonda is, is uh, his mother. So, my uh my mother is the cake, but we ran out today. <laughs> okay. Uh the cake that's on the table is my niece Caitlin, my other, my brother Stan, daughter. So our family names are in everything. Uh the fish fry on the back of the fish fry is a picture of my father's a tribute. Hmm. Just to remind me, you know, uh we call him the fi- his nickname on the C B was Fisherman. Hmm. Uh a lot of people call him Big Sam because all the different Sams in my family, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh we rolled into the business uh about a little over a year ago. Uh, we started out the house with friends and family. Uh, I got blessed. Rachel Sunday Market popped up on my Facebook page. I went into that, and from there, all these other opportunities just kept coming up to us. And we just say, coming from the oil and gas, being able to change very quickly and just mobilize, that's what we kept doing. You know, uh, I do like four to five markets a week. And if you know, if you follow me on social media, I. I I grind pretty hard. This week, I'm going to slow down a little bit. Just take a quick little break, a reset. Look at my standards. Do I need to evaluate? Do I need to change? Do I need to upgrade? And then next week, I'll get right back into it, you know, going full steam. Um, 20 years in oil and gas, working 18 hours a day. To me, this is easy. Hmm. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you for people who don't know out there, okay, vending is not easy, especially not in the heat. Okay, your girl, your girl. Okay, I went and vended a couple of times in the heat. I was like, okay, I'm gonna pass out. I'm gonna have to vend at night. I'm don't. I don't think I'm gonna be doing this daytime vending anymore. Not in the summer. So him telling you it's easy. Okay, that's it's a easy. tough man. It's that's easy. a tough man. Cause uh, your girl. Oh, your girl can't do it. Your girl can't do it. You know. Mm-mm. Cause I worked in over 100 degree weather. And we work in oil and gas. We wearing flame retardant coveralls. Oh my goodness! Boots. So I got on twenty pounds of gear. Oh my goodness! And so I'm sweating all day. And then when I go up north in North Dakota, the coldest I ever worked in was negative forty four. With a negative seventy two wind chill, and we never stopped working. Oh my goodness! You know, and we just kept kept. You know, the guys like, man, we're gonna take a break today. I say, no, we don't take no breaks. It's gotta go to work. Let's put some clothes on and let's go get it. <laughs> okay, so I have a whole new appreciation for oil and gas per oh, people because yeah, yeah, I had no idea. It's, it's I gotten mean, better. My it's goodness. better now than when I started because 
uh, they've, you know, enforced some, get some rest rules that we didn't mm. have back in those days. To me, I, me pulling 18 to 24 hours was a normal day for me. Wow. And 36 was normal. That was like just normal in my mind. No, the average person, no. But for me, it was normal. And I did that so many times. My wife would just be worried about me all the time because they'd call you like right now. I get a call. I need you to be wherever. And wherever's going to be at least seven hours from here. And so I make that drive for seven hours, fly on a helicopter or fly on a plane, wherever, land. And as soon as I land, I go straight to work for 12 to 18 hours. And then I get a nap and then go back. And I did this over and over again, you know, you know, to, to a point your body just get used to it. Okay. <laughs> I cannot relate to that well, kind it's, it's of scenario. It's, it's, it's I mean, man. And still be able to hold your work to standards at the same time. Mm, still mm, produce mm. that, keep that work consistent that they know, even though I know you drove seven hours, I know he hasn't been in bed in two days, will B still give me this production you gave me last time? And I make sure I give him that same production, that same consistency that my, my mark is on that work. That hey, he the man I can go to every single time. I normally get that same production every time, and I, I pride myself on that. That when you call me up, that you would get that same production every single time. Well, <laughs> that is impressive. That is, and and talking about standards, you know, um, you know, so many people that I've run into in my life make a lot of excuses. And I, I just was talking to my students the other day because, you know, we have the social emotional learning that they're pushing, which is great, you know. Um, and so there was a video um, called Grit. Okay. And I think the lady's name was Michelle Rodriguez. She used to be like one of the head, um, like, I think she was for the New York public schools, like the superintendent or something like that. But she did a TED talk. It's about six, seven minutes. And she um, had been in a different field. She taught science. And she began to see that it wasn't the kids with the highest IQ that were doing the best in her class. And that kind of surprised her because she was expecting the kids that were the smartest and had the most potential were going to do the best. And after about six or seven years of seeing this and she couldn't figure out what was going on, she said, let me go and do some research. And what she found out through several years of research was this thing called grit. We've heard this term. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's that I have this standard I'm going to meet. That standard could be passing a class, getting an A, getting a diploma, whatever. This is my standard. And whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to do it. No matter how hard it is, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to keep pushing forward and be persistent even when it's difficult. And she was basically saying through all of their research, grit was the number one characteristic that led young people and adults to success. Yes. Potential didn't matter when it came to so results. The rock, so the rock never moved. Right, right. Yeah, potential didn't matter. It was about when things got hard, who kept going. When things got challenging or discouraging, you know, who might have 
pull back, as you said, to reevaluate, but they kept moving forward. They weren't making excuses. They were moving forward. And so she was basically saying that she decided that that was one of the things that she was going to have to push in the school system. And uh, she mentioned a book that I've read called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Uh, and it's about, do you have a fixed mindset? Do you believe, oh, I had to be born with it. If I wasn't born, if I wasn't born smart, then I guess I'm just stupid. And so um, I can't improve. Or do you have a growth mindset of, I don't know, but I can learn. I don't have, but I can get it, you know, and I will do whatever it takes to get it. And, and if you look at some of the great actors and athletes, I remember Will Smith is famous for saying, I may not be the most talented, but you're not going to outwork me. And that whole idea of having that standard of excellence, even when you're tired, even when you drove seven hours, even when it's hot outside, even when it's cold outside, whatever it is that you have that grit that says, this is my standard. I'm not going to compromise on it. I'm going to know when I have to take a break and reevaluate and, and I'm not going to, in a sense, kill myself, but I am going to meet a certain standard. And I'm not going to make excuses of why I can't do it. You know, so um, I think that that's a very powerful idea. And, and it's something that some of us were raised with. You know, I remember my daddy telling me, and some people might be frowning out there when I say this, but I remember my daddy telling me one time, you can dry up those tears, girl. Tears don't move me. You need to get up and do something about this situation because crying ain't going to change it. <laughs> And some people out there might be, he should have comforted you. He should have. Well, he didn't. And what I learned from that was tears weren't going to change it. So I needed to get up and do something about it. And, um, you know, so regardless of whether you feel that that was harsh or unsupportive or whatever, for me, I knew my daddy loved me. I knew he was a tough man also. And I knew my tears weren't going to move him. It wasn't going to be, let me cry and daddy going to fix it. No, if I cry, daddy going to say, how you going to fix it, baby? How you going to fix it? It's your problem. How are you going to deal with it? You know, so. Um, a little tough love. That's a little tough love. Little tough but love. then when you get out on your own, you know, the one thing that surprises me so much about social media um, is how many things people ask on social media that they don't even need to ask. It's like you got a whole smartphone in your hand and you asking questions on social media that like you could have Googled and had to answer it. the correct answer. The correct answer. The correct answer before somebody even saw your message. So you it, wasn't, it wasn't asking a question, actually asking an opinion. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. You know, it's, that yeah. always surprises me. So I get, I, I'm like, I guess they just looking for feedback because they probably not going to get the right answer. Yeah. You know. But everybody's on social media for different reasons. So I remember uh, in high school, um, well, I guess one of my first uncomfortable moments I can remember, I had an opportunity to change high schools to Louisiana School for the Math, Science, and Arts. I don't know if you ever heard of it before. Mm-hmm. It's it, at that time in nineteen in the eighties and nineties, it was a different school. It took the gifted kids from high school, put them in a college environment in eleventh grade. I mean mm. that you was in a dormitory, you had a college type schedule, college type mm. classes, you had to become mm. more independent. Mm. And my dad asked me, and they came and they wanted to select two children from each parish 
mm-hmm. in Louisiana to populate the school. That way it'd be fair. Everybody had a chance. Mm-hmm. My parents were small. So I was the only applicant. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, you going to go? I said, I don't know about it, dad. He said, what you got to lose? You can always come back home. Mm-hmm. Go, mm-hmm. go accept that challenge and, and, and see what you can do. And he had the best advice because I fell in love with school. It taught me how to think, taught me how, how to be different because the school embraced difference. It had no sports. So all the, the focus was on education. <laughs> had no ranking. So you, had, you wasn't in competition with your fellow classmates. He was there to help you, help each other. And I, I grew so much from those two years in high school. So I went to college, matriculated to college. It, it made it a lot easier for me because I was used to being in a dormitory. I was used to being on a college schedule. How, t- how many hours of spend per hour in class? No one... When I was in college, a lot of my classmates didn't know that every hour in classroom was due two to three hours outside the classroom of studying and researching to enhance what you learn. All you're getting is a, a brief summary in that class. You got to go do some more research on top of that. And I was just so blessed to go to that school. Uh, now that's not the schools in, in every state, but at that time, there's only two schools in the country. It was North Carolina school and Louisiana school. It was a great high school. It's high school still there to this day. It's got bigger. They can set more kids now. But I, I was, and I only had, see, 10 blacks in my class, five mm. girls and five boys. That was it. <laughs> well, that is a great story. And, and I do definitely believe in, in challenging kids and, and trying to push them to excel. You know, so it's great that you had that opportunity. And your dad gave you some great advice. Yeah. What you do you love. have to lose? You know, sometimes so many people are afraid of raising their standards because they're afraid of failure. And sometimes they're afraid of success because sometimes success can be lonely. Sometimes people don't understand when you're doing that two to three hours of work outside of class, Mm -hmm. man, you're doing too much. It don't take a man. Why you do, why you study so much, man, you know, fun, you know, they don't understand. And that's when you have to say, okay, this is my goal. This is my standard. This is where I want to be. This is what it's going to take, you know, so come with me. Or if you choose not to, you know, I'm still going to do what I need to do, you know? So it's, it's, it's very interesting. And standards do weed out some things. You know, I remember, um, listening to Miles Monroe. He's a, a preacher out of Jamaica, I believe. And I don't listen to, to, to that many preachers, but he's one that I like. And I remember him saying when he was about 13, he made some decisions and he was like, I decided I'm not going to be drunk. I decided I'm not going to smoke. I decided that certain things are my standards. He was like, and once you decide certain things and you have certain standards, it simplifies your life because you don't have to go back and consider that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what your standards are and you move in that direction and it just, you know, simplifies things. And, and I remember Eric Thomas, who's a motivational speaker, talking about that same idea of um, he wasn't going to be around certain people or in certain environments because he knew what his standards were. Like he said, my standard is I'm going to be faithful to my wife. So I know that I have some associates that like to get in situations where they are with other women other than their wife and they want me to go along. No, my standard is I'm not going to be in that environment because I know what you're here for. So I'm going to keep myself away from that. I don't even need that temptation in my life. I don't even need that around me. You know, so sometimes our standards can be protective. 
and they can keep us from, um, you know, getting around the wrong crowd. You know, I mean, the old people used to say, let me look at your five closest friends and that'll tell me who you are. Cause if your standards were where they should be, you wouldn't associate with people that were not according to your standards. So the fact that you're hanging out with them means that their behavior is okay to you, you know, and, and you don't, you may not agree with everything, but you agree with it enough for that to be your closest friend, you know? So, yeah. So we, we can learn a lot about standards and just pushing ourselves to be the best, be aware of where we need to change, be aware of how our standards have helped us to get to where we are, you know, and how they can push us, you know, further. So why don't you tell people where you can, where they can find you and what are some of the products that you offer again, Sure, you know, so that they can uh, follow up with you and all that. All right. Um, On a weekly basis, you can find me on Thursdays in Kingwood at the Kingwood farmer's market from three to seven. I'm there every Thursday. I have the green tent. You'll see a big logo on me on the side. Kind of hard to miss me. Uh, on the weekends, I kind of mix it up. Uh, this week, I will be in Conroe, Texas. Uh, you can find me. We have social media presence. You can make an order. We deliver in person. Uh, the food products I have today with me is our fish fry, hot and spicy barbecue sauce, our original Creole barbecue sauce, lemon pepper, our ooey gooey cake, gumbo roux, our Sam Spicy Seasonal, which is our number one seller. A lemon pepper barbecue sauce, which is also, also our number one selling barbecue sauce. And I have our um, Creole rub for barbecuing. Uh, on my social media page, I share recipes. My goal for the rest of the year is to do one recipe a week. So last week we did, uh, I was at the pickle festival on yesterday in Kingwood, Texas. So I did a dill pickle seasoning and I made a dill pickle salmon recipe. Mm. Uh, the week before we did a drunken lamb chop recipe so we did a um, using our season and some and some beer we did a lamb chop and I do a little video a little pictures of something to post on our page so uh, next week we're going to do a vegetarian dish I got to think of something uh, thinking about uh, vegetarian red beans and rice we'll think of something though <laughs> okay that sounds really good uh, all our products we offer a vegan version so we have a vegan um, gumbo roux with uh, gluten free flour we give you a uh, we give you a vegan recipe to make gumbo with oyster oyster mushrooms and different types of mushrooms and vegetables. We have a gluten free fish fry, mm-hmm. gluten free chicken fry. All our barbecue sauces are gluten free, so we try to offer products in both ranges to people. And also, we cook with it before we give it to you, let you know that hey, we eat it too. <laughs> we just don't make it for you to have. We actually eat it also. So the on Fridays is seafood day in my house. So on Friday, I use our gluten-free fish fry to fry the shrimp with. So every Friday is seafood day in my house. So, But uh, those are products. You can find me at our website. is www.buyubow.com. So check us out. Uh, we deliver. We ship. And we love you to try our products. I got a little something here for you tonight. Oh, uh, well, yeah, so thank you. That's your little... Get your little starter pack for yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Of course, in a green bag. In a green <laughs> bag. So, okay. I've been eyeing that ooey gooey cake all day. So That's what I gave please, you. Oh, look at this beautiful ooey gooey cake. That's our number one selling cake. <laughs> and you got, oh my goodness, I got some seasoning in here. So <laughs> I feel special now. My goodness. I'm just going to be 
Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna actually have to invite some people over and, <laughs> and cook for some people because yeah. now I got some different seasonings I want to try out. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank uh, we you. thank you for having us. Just you know, highlight us and like I said, go to our website, our events page. We post well, tomorrow. We post. We be at every on Mondays. We let you know we be at for the week. Come out, have a conversation with me. You know, hey, we, we good old country people. All right. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us in our talk about criteria, standards, values. You know, we kind of went through a, to a lot of different places with this conversation. He's told you where he's going to be. You can check him out on his social media, Bayou Bo Bees. Um, and he's got all these different products. So I know some of you like to eat. And I know some of you like to cook. And I know you want to have some good food on your table that you're just going to be, you know, Finger looking good. So you got to come out and try his products and, and go to the vendor's market or get them shipped to you or get them delivered to you so that you can support local businesses and actually try out some new flavors. I mean, you know, flavor is fabulous. I love flavor. I love food too. So I want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night. My name is Zenai Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.